the Bible Study Podcast, episode 127. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Luke with Luke chapter 15. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Luke chapter 15 is an important chapter because I think in terms of the gospel of Luke, Luke 15 is a real heart of the gospel sort of chapter because it talks about God's care for those who are lost. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear him, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. Now Jesus asks a question in this. Doesn't one of you, when you have a hundred sheep, don't you do the same thing? And the answer may not be yes. I wonder about that because I think of the way that we deal with loss and the way that we are wired for it. We might at this point say, well, I've still got 99. Why should I leave them unprotected here in open country and put them at risk? Risk accounting says this may be a bad thing. Maybe we should just write off that one sheep. But God is not in the habit of writing sheep off. God is not in the habit of writing people off. The Pharisees, as they looked at the people who Jesus was dealing with, as they looked at the people who he was hanging around, wrote them off. These are people who God cannot use. These are people who God should not care about, is what the Pharisees said when they saw these people. And therefore, these are people who Jesus should not be around. Just pull out the old accounting, write it up as as a loss, and assume that you can make a profit on the 99. But that is not the way that God thinks. God rejoices, Jesus says in this parable. There's more rejoicing in heaven over one who is lost, who is returned, over one who is lost, who is brought back than there is over 99 who are righteous. And so this is a parable. This is a chapter about rejoicing. And it's a chapter about what makes God rejoice, what makes heaven rejoice. And heaven rejoices over lost who are found. And Jesus goes on, or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And notice this one, as in the previous parable, there is this searching. There is this frantic searching for that which was lost. Rather than wait until the morning when there might be more light and it might be easy to find the coin, there's the lighting of the lamp and the sweeping of the house. In the similar way that the shepherd went off and went after and pursued that which was lost. I think of the poem by the poet Francis Parkman, 
that called God the hound of heaven. These are parables that talk about God pursuing, that talk about the quest for, the, the longing for the return of that which was lost. And then Jesus tells the most well-known of these parables, the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. So this is the setup for this parable, and we're going to take it a section at a time. The younger son says to the father, I wish, basically, that you were dead. I would prefer that you were dead and I could get the money that I will get when you die than to stay with you while you were living. That's what the younger son is saying. And we need to understand that. The younger son is looking his father in the eye and giving these very hurtful words, I want my share. That is not his share. That is only his share when his father is dead. And he takes it off and he squanders it. It doesn't say what he does, but there's wild living involved for sure. There are good friends who turn out to be not so good friends probably because no one, when he has no money, is taking care of him. This poor Jewish kid is feeding the pigs. And he is envious of the pigs. Then we need to understand this is what Bottom feels like. He is so hungry that he is envious of pig slop. And the next thing that happens is the best thing. He comes to his senses. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. So he realizes that this is folly, that he should go back, that he should swallow his pride, that he should ask his father for forgiveness, not for restoration, but just to take care of him. If he could just get his father to take him back as a hired hand, he understands that he took his half the money, he squandered it, there's no giving that back. So if he could just get his father to take care of him. So he practices the speech. He probably says it in his mind. He goes over and over. He refines it. He's got the speech in hand, and he goes back to his father. But, it says, But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to his father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. 
he can't even finish this speech that he has prepared because his father has been watching for him. While he's still a long way off, his father sees him and runs to him, embraces him, and celebrates the return of his son. The money doesn't matter. The son matters. But, meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of his servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in, so the father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all of these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeying your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. My son, the father, said, You are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Now clearly, Jesus is telling these three parables because of what the Pharisees are thinking. How can Jesus hang out with these people? We have to remember the context. And so he is painting the Pharisees in this role of the other brother the role of the faithful elder brother who is pissed off and has every reason to be. Because if the father has divided his goods in half and given the younger brother half, whose half is the fatted calf coming from? This party is being funded by the older brother's inheritance. This is not fair. And that is what the older brother is mad about. The elder brother is mad because this is not fair. God's love is not fair. God's love is beyond fair. God's love is gracious, giving us what we do not deserve. It is merciful, not punishing us when we do deserve it. This is not a parable about fair. This is a parable about love. How could the father do anything else but rejoice that his son was returned? Jesus is looking at the Pharisees in the eye and saying, Don't you understand that God loves these people who you have written off? How can God do anything else but rejoice when they return to him? And with that, we're going to bring this episode of the Bible Study Podcast to a close. If you have any questions, feel free to send me an email at host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. Leave a comment at thebiblestudypodcast.com or follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening.
There's nothing in this world that he cannot do if we truly allow his love. We can do nothing without him. Anything that we do apart from him is not something that's permanent. We all need his grace. That's everybody. We are all broken people yes. on our way to a place that we believe is, is waiting on us in heaven. You can find more of Bridges with Monica Schmelter at lifeaudio.com. In Christ, we are all one family. Amen.